we're back. Another episode of Talking Maiden. The podcast of the beast. How you doing, Nesbitt? I'm doing good. How you doing? Fantastic. I'm doing great. Uh, still doing the the social distance I know. Uh, podcast, but it's getting pretty good here. They're opening things up. I think we might be able to do a podcast soon. Yeah, we should uh, should be able yeah. to soon, which would be a lot more fun. A lot more fun to have a beer in person than like over Zoom. Zoom beers don't cut it. They don't do it. There's not the same. It's not the same. That beer that yeah. we had last week, the Megadeth beer, I had yeah. a few more of those. Those were awesome. I don't think I yeah. really drove home how great they were on the last episode of the podcast. I know. We got, we got a few uh, few listeners reached out and were like, you got to get into Megadeth. They made a few recommendations. I teed a bit up. I'm going to have a little listen. Yeah, Megadeth are pretty awesome. Yeah. It's definitely a killer name for a band. Yeah, I mean, totally. they've been around forever. I've, I feel like I should know more about them than I do. It's really when you get into it and you realize how ignorant you are to Megadeth. Oh, yeah. I'm like, but they've been there forever, right? Yeah. People have been talking about them. I know. Rust in Peace and The Hits. Yeah. And that's it, man. I should really do a deep dive. Hey, somebody email yeah. me and Josh a playlist of like 10 Megadeth songs that are the best. Yeah, absolutely. Should we crack a beer? Let's do it. So this is from All Una right. Brew again, which is a Quebec brewery. This one is La Fin du Monde, and it's a triple, and it's uh, oh 9% alcohol. And I am very familiar with this beer, and it is delicious. Do not spend your time worrying about those wasted beers. Oh, nice. You know, I have drank this before. I feel right now like, you know when you're doing tequila, and you're like, ah, this could be a bit of fun, but I'm totally going to regret this. I, I feel like that. 9% beer. Yeah, but this one's so oh, delicious. Gosh. I've had some like really strong beers that were really boozy tasting, but this one's great. That is really good. Yeah, it's great. Mm. So that's a triple. It's like three times the malt for three times the alcohol. Ah. <laughs> uh. Um, some big maiden news that just came out. Well, big-ish. So maiden were supposed to play Donington. They're supposed to play the Download Festival on June thirteenth, yep. but it got canceled. Yeah. So now they're doing a virtual event. So Download Festival is going to be Download TV, which is a virtual event on June 12th to the 14th. And Iron Maiden is going to be playing on the 13th on this Download TV virtual Download Festival. Really? Where are they going to play? Um, I don't know the details. And I don't know if they're playing live or what's going on. Here's the quote from the press release. It says... On Saturday night, the mighty Iron Maiden will be bringing us something very special. With nostalgic performances, Legacy of the Beast snippets, as well as something just for download TV, this is one show you do not want to miss. Really? So I'm not sure what that's going to be. If it's going to be clips from old download festivals, which could be awesome. But it says uh, something just for download TV, so I'm wondering what that'll be. Okay. Well, either way, if it at least... Okay. If it's old material, I'm okay with it as long as it's new old material. Yeah. Right? If it's them doing something, that's also good. If they get up there and play off a release studio album, I'm going to come in here with things to say, <laughs> Nesbitt. I will come in. I will hold truth to power. Okay. <laughs> but I think it's going to be clips from old download festivals. And I don't know if they have something new. I don't know if that would be an announcement or... Probably not. I know better than to like expect too much out of this. I know it's like probably going to be the guy saying hi on a video. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You do have a tendency to hype this up. You're like those new you're songs like those guys. definitely coming. New song. <laughs> yeah, you're like you're like those guys who go to watch a Star Wars trailer in the movie theater. You're one of those guys who's like, oh my god, it was totally worth it. It was two minutes. Yeah, and, yeah, and you paid for a full ticket to another movie that sucks. But uh, yeah, I doubt they're going to be like announcing a new album or anything. But fingers crossed. But it's probably going to be like they've played Download Festival. So 2016, they played the Book of Souls set list. 2013, they did the Made in England set list. Uh, 2003, they did the Gimme Ed Till I'm Dead set list. 2007, that's when they did that uh, A Matter of the Beast set list. I'm hoping they play a bunch of clips of that because they did, that's the one that's half, well, it's five songs from A Matter of Life and Death. So the first leg of that tour. It's the second leg of the tour. The first leg was they did the whole album. The second one they did, uh, well, I got the set list in front of me here. It's Different World. These Colors Don't Run, Brighter Than a Thousand yeah. Suns, Wrathchild Trooper, Children of the Damned, The Reincarnation of Benjamin Brieg and For the Greater Good of God, and then Beast, Fear the Dark, Run of the Hills, Iron Maiden, and then Two Minutes, Evil, and Hallowed. Yeah, that's good That's good uh, Maiden trivia. That's the only album they've ever played live in yep. a concert. Yep. That, well, that first leg of that tour. Yep. They never did a live disc, did they? Because I was digging at you years ago. You got a real good quality bootleg of that tour. Yeah, I have a DVD bootleg and a couple of yeah. audio bootlegs of that tour. But uh, if I could pick what they play as far as like from the history of download, I would pick... If they play like a replay of that, that would be awesome. Because there is pro shot footage of it. Uh, I've seen before, but not very high quality. But that was a great show. I think it was a great show. I heard people say, you know, they don't sound as good on that show as they have on later shows, but I don't know. But they did. What night is that? On a Saturday, the 14th. Ooh, we could get together and watch that. Yeah, maybe. Oh, no, it's on on a Saturday, the 13th, not the 14th. Ooh. But if they do that 2007 set list, they do an awesome, awesome version of Children of the Damned. That's what I'm hoping for if they could play the 2007 show as like yeah. a you know a replay. Even if they played Children of the Dam because I love that performance, and I'd mm. love to see like Brighter Than a Thousand Suns and Benjamin Brieg. Oh man, that'd be great. Yeah, it'd be cool. These colors don't run. Would be awesome too. Anyway, I'm hyping it up too much. It could be, uh... <laughs> but mark your calendars for June 13th. I think it is yeah. YouTube.com/slash/DownloadFestivalUK. Uh, I think yeah. that's where you watch it. But, I mean, I watched the Rock in Rio live stream from this past year. And I got to say, when you, it, is pretty, uh, it is pretty fun to do. I had it on. When Dr. Doctor came on, I still got a little bit of a, a chill. You know, the goosebumps. 
Yeah. Not quite as good so, as seeing them live, but. So it'll be eight days, basically a week after this episode drops. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's coming. coming right up. So check that out. Yeah. Whew. Finally, something to look forward to. Yeah. So we also have a little treat for our listeners today. That's right. Good friend Jarvis. We got him coming on here now. I was fun to have Jarvis on the uh, the podcast. He's been on a good few times. Yeah. Uh, has a bit of Night Demon news that he's going to drop. Ooh. Yeah. A little bit of a uh, little, little tidbit there. What's well, a Talking yeah. Maiden Night Demon exclusive coming up? Exclusive. <laughs> you don't want to miss this. Coming right up. So we're here with Jarvis Leatherby from Night Demon. How you doing, Jarvis? Good, man. How you guys doing? Doing fantastic. How you enjoying the COVID? That's awesome, man. Yeah. Great. <laughs> I don't have to go out and tour. You know, I don't have to go. I don't have to go freeze my ass off uh, in St. John's, Newfoundland. You know. <laughs> Awesomely enough, we got um, Justin, uh, the guy who brought us out there to play, wants to set something up again. As soon as concerts are a thing again. We'll be coming back. So, <laughs> oh, that's awesome news. Yeah. Yeah. So, where are you right now? Uh, I'm in Ventura, California, Southern nice. California. Here, out here on the beach. Nice, nice. You in quarantine? Mm, yeah, kind of. Everything's kind of back to normal around here. You know, like, uh, or people are kind of acting like that at least. You know, everybody's wearing a mask and trying to avoid each other, but still bumping into each other awkwardly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. It's almost like when there's less people, that's when you have the struggle. Like when you're about to, you know, you're heading out of the convenience store and then the door opens and a guy's in the doorway and you just stop in your tracks like 10 feet away. And you guys both look at each other like, like, which way is he going? You know, like, like, you know, I don't know. You can't, you can't stay six feet away from people. It's just like, it's just not a thing, you know? Yeah, it's not natural. Yeah, yeah. but no, we're doing good. Uh, we've got a... You know, we've got a great studio here, and I have an office, and like the band gets together all the time. So we're not we're not physical. I like to call it physical distancing. You know, social distancing is a term that the government uses to put fear over the people to control them. You should definitely everybody should be socializing right now. Everybody, call somebody, talk to your neighbor, just go outside. Hey, man, that's it. So you got you know, the don't social distance. Physical distance. And they know this, okay? They know this. Yeah. Socialize anyway, while being safe. That's a whole other thing. Anyway, but, yeah. but no, it's good for us. It's kind of like, I think it's a much needed break for us. I mean, I would have been on tour right now for the last few months. And, you know, we're releasing new music. And it's just a, it's a cool time. It seems we have everybody's attention. And that's cool. Well, that's me. something me and Josh kind of discussed before on the podcast is with all the gigs canceled, there's no shows on the go people are kind of desperate for music and it seems like it might be a great time to release content. But then other people are saying you don't want to release something in the middle of a pandemic, but I don't know. It seems like people would be desperate for new music. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, <laughs> I don't know if we're um, clairvoyant, no pun intended, but like we had this whole, we've just had a whole idea of what we were going to do before any of this happened. And it just seemed to line up, like April 3rd is when this whole thing kicked off. And, and, you know, my, my idea was moving forward. Everything these days is such like a, it's, it's like a 10 month cock tease. Like, 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 Hey, this tour is coming up. Buy your tickets. The show's in 10 months, you know, exactly. or like, yeah. Hey, pre-order this album, you know, like it's going to be out in four months, you know? And for us, it's like, 
let's try and be a little bit different and let's just roll the dice. And when we put stuff out this year, let's not tell anybody, not even the press. Let's just, let's, let's give into the world of instant gratification because you have everything else. You could get food at your house. This is all before COVID, but then this just, this happened. And, and it was just kind of a perfect, it was a sad, perfect storm, I guess you could say. <laughs> so April 3rd, you dropped this first single, Empire's Fall, Out of the Blue, which we actually played on our podcast. You uh, you were good enough to tell us we could play the whole thing. Uh, May 1st, a month later, Kill the Pain, another single, drops, no warning. Yeah, those are the lines. That's the line in the chorus, no warning. That's funny. It's kind of cool you're just dropping these without announcing anything. They're just out of the blue. These new singles come out. Yeah. Uh, and it like, gives some something for people to listen to when people are so hungry for new music. Well, it's kind of like this. It's kind of, okay, think about it. I always think, and I think I've mentioned it before, I always, like, Maiden is my religion, right? What would not? Right. What would Jesus do? What would Maiden do, right? You guys talk for a year about speculation that they may be recording an album. That's it. Right. It's speculation mm-hmm. that they might even just be getting together as people. Yeah. Like, you have, like, that's cool, man. And you still have a lot to talk about because of that, you know? It's like, we, we're, I think we're doing a lot, uh, lately we're, we're, we're doing a lot more content than we normally do. So we're giving a lot more of ourselves. Uh, but we're doing it in a way where people have the time to focus on it, where it's like, because, you know, tomorrow you're already old news and it's hard, you know? <laughs> It's hard to um, it's hard to keep it's hard to keep people's attention sometimes with stuff like this. So, in in a time when you don't even know if you're going to own a record player in four months, or because you don't know if you're going to have a job, right? You yeah. might not want to order a record. So, for us to have this plan, much to our record company's dismay, you know, they were not. I it was a, it was a good fight for this one, man. You know, and they were not stoked about it. So I had to make some compromises on my end too, in order to do it this way. But it seems to be working well, so they're happy about it now. And uh, I'm just happy that we can be on such a, a large label, and they actually do. They are following along with 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 my with with the band's vision of of where it's going, and and we prove it. We've proven to be right. But it's cool that they allowed us. They've allowed us to do that. So I'm thankful about that because the first song, Empire's Fall, is pretty much about how much they suck. <laughs> and I told and I told them about it, and they still put the record out. So that's cool, you know. Like, yeah. and that's just that's some real talk right there. <laughs> yeah, you know? very, very, very meta. I love uh, that. Yeah, it's 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 interesting because usually, you know, you, when you when you launch these uh, singles like you're doing, um, you get that pop in ticket buys, and you get that other thing. It's it's kind of a catch twenty two, right? By doing it now. You're getting it out there. You're engaging your fans. They're home. Some of them are financially stressed, but you've priced them very well. Your merch is is packaged up well. People are able to get in, get something tangible, experience it right now. But the double-edged sword, you're selling out. You're getting all that out there, but you can't book the tickets right away. So there's that balance. Interesting that they went along with you on that. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. But, I mean, everybody's trying to do pre-orders these days because it kind of gives you a calculation of what you need to order and sell, you know? But that's not the, it's just that's just not the way to do it. I I always go back to I mean daily. We're always asking ourselves like what you know what do we want as the fans from our bands, and we have yeah. to keep doing that. And a lot of times 
financially things come up or things get in the way and you're like, well, here's the cheaper way to do it. And that's, that's being smart business wise. Right. Well, actually it's not, you know, cause if you're not trying to be, I mean, I guess if you're maiden and you're some big global brand, you know, but for us, I mean, we have our own brand, but the fans that we currently have supporting it are, they're the lifeline. They're everything to us. So we, we give them all, we give them our all on, on every, on every platform. So, and we're, we're, we're going to enhance that. You know, that's what we're always trying to do better on that. And it's weird. It just, but it, it, it does ring true and it does, it does prove like when you do something like that, something really cool with the fans or with your merch and, and, and involve them, um, you know, it comes back. So we're in a good spot. So first week of April, you had a single drop. First week of May, you had another single drop. And now it is the first week of June and another single is dropping right now uh, for the first time on this podcast. Uh, yeah. Do you want to tell us a bit about it? Yeah, the song's called Are You... Are you out there? Um, and it's a kind of a tribute to Phil Lynott from Thin Lizzy. We've been doing a video series called Behind the Song. So for the last couple of vinyl singles we've put out, it's like a 10-minute short documentary, um, just the process of recording the song and, and you know what the song's about and just the behind-the-scenes stuff. So um, that's actually going to be – that's actually that's out today as well. We've been waiting sometimes a week to put those out, but we just decided to just put everything out at the same time because, because like I said, it's just like, here it is. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> Check it out. It's not, it's not too much of your time. It's one song. But, but uh, with the vinyl, we always do a B-side that's only exclusive to the vinyl. So that's something that we've – Another thing, another battle with the record company. So that's why we we decided to do cover songs. Yeah, very uh, very maiden move to do uh, cover versions of songs you like as your B sides. If we if you put those out digitally, the record company has to license those too. There's a lot of residuals happening. If it's just a small pressing of vinyl, if it's five hundred or a thousand or something, you know, then it's uh it's it's pretty easy to do. And we've had to get approval from a lot of the bands or from all of, the, all of the bands and the publishers to do the song. So that's kind of cool that the bands are hearing what we're doing. Uh, but that's exclusive to the vinyl because we still have a vinyl-driven market. And it's just, I like to know that in a world, the world that we're living in now, that Nike even has a track out there, or tracks, multiple, that are just on a record. They're just on vinyl. And like, I'm not saying they won't be available digitally later, but for at this moment in time, they, they're not. And this moment in time is all we have, even if it yeah. lasts forever and it's boring as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So if you're one of the lucky people to get the vinyl, that's that's the key. So for our listeners, we're going to tee up your new single now, um, Are You Out There? And we set this up to get you on here because I'm one of the many people who, who wasn't able to get the vinyl. Like, so last time when the vinyls came out, I missed the, the pre-order. So we said, we got to get them on here so I can actually get a chance to hear this stuff. <laughs> Well, uh, that's pretty cool. You have a Thin Lizzy-inspired song, yeah. and the B-side is a, a Thin Lizzy cover. I've heard you talk about it a little bit on the show, and, you know, one thing is Maiden, they never, ever, they never reference them as an influence or a peer or anything like that, but, I mean, there is the, the cover that they do, but... Yeah, the cover of Massacre, that's a Thin Lizzy song. It's, like, blatantly obvious. Oh, I yeah. recommend... I recommend Thin Lizzy. Here's who I recommend Thin Lizzy for. <laughs> Any young teenage boy who made in his, his favorite band, get a Thin Lizzy record for your girlfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, 
that's how you slowly bring somebody over to the to the dark side. <laughs> but no, Lizzie is such like such a great band. I mean, you get you get every you get anything you ever wanted out of a song you could find in, in some in something that they did. You know, so they're just an amazing influence, and they're right up there with Maiden. I mean, the twin harmony leads. It's almost like they wrote the book what long before Maiden. Uh, I don't, I, I just, I know it's the Wishbone Ash thing. I, I get to all that, but I just don't see how this was like, they were a UK band, you know, like in 75, like they were, you know, they had songs on the radio. They had like, they were playing with UFO and bands like this. Like they were playing in London, you know, they were like often they were living in London. I just like there, I don't, I don't see how, that slipped through the cracks of Steve Harris's like scope, you know. Oh yeah, well you can you can hear it like the, you can hear the Thin Lizzy influence. In I'm Maiden. not gonna say that I like him as much as Maiden, but I almost kind of do, you know. I mean, like yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's just I'm not I don't like him as much, but it's but the catalog of music is is just as fulfilling, you know. It really is. It really as a whole. Yeah, we've brought up uh, Thin Lizzy a good few times on the podcast over the last couple of years. Um, but, uh, well, let's get to the track. So this is, are you out there? This is, I think the first time it's been played anywhere. So this is the debut on our podcast. Oh yeah. There you go. Here it is. Night Demon. Are you out there?
Yeah, that was an awesome song. Really great. And I can totally hear Thin Lizzy vibes from that. It's more than just the guitars, too. Like, uh, I don't know. There's some, you know, the way the riff and the vocals work together, very Lizzy. The, the Johnny and Renegade, you know what I mean? That's kind of a... Yeah, I mean, that's, that, was the, that was the intent. Yeah, it's cool. You know, that was, it's like every song, there's so many, and, or even like, I don't know if you've ever, you guys have ever listened to the band Riot, yeah. but they're one of our favorite bands. They're one of our biggest influence, but there's a Johnny character in their songs too, you okay. know? There's always like, a lot of people have this Johnny character, you know? And it's like, we need a Johnny character, but the Johnny is really Phil, you know? Yeah. Or it's really anybody, anybody in that situation, you know? I mean, I've, I've had my own uh, bouts of, you know, uh, rock star moments. And, you know, I've had, <laughs> you guys wouldn't know anything about that though, would you? <laughs> you know, yeah. no. I've never, I've never, I've never partied like a rock star in uh, Newfoundland ever. No. And, and, no. <laughs> this is a fa- this is a family podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it is very. It does have a very thin Lizzy vibe, though. Even just like the whole, yeah. You know, thin Lizzy have a lot of songs about like tragic stories of like men who lost their way. You know what I mean? Like sure, mortality. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Uh, it's, the whole catalog of work is just an. It's an influence, you know. Like you could just you listen to something so much, it's just kind of in your DNA. And like when we were kind of when we were doing the songs, we totally thought that. And I said. If it's like Lizzie driven, let's just go all the way with it. Who cares? Yeah. You know, and the cover art too, we kind of have the black rose on there, a tribute. So, uh, you know, I mean, I love stuff like that. Just like when we did Made in Hell, it's like, so what? You know, it's still original, it's still us. And we just, we love to talk about the stuff that we're, that we love and that we're influenced by because we know the people that love us love the same stuff even more. So, <laughs> It's a common thing that we can all talk about, so it's cool. And I feel that we're we're keeping good music alive, and especially since we're covering, we always kind of cover like a little bit, like more obscure songs from bands. So it's cool to keep that stuff alive for for future generations. So we got three months, three songs. Um, we had a few emails from listeners asking, "Do you guys have an album coming out in the future?" It's been three years since the last one. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna say that. We're going to keep with the tradition as long as we can about not announcing anything that we're putting out. Okay. I mean, I think that I, I really, I, I just, it seems to be a good way. It seems to be working so far on both ends. And I just, I anticipate things enough myself. So they need to be ready to go. And I feel confident when they're, when they're ready to go and they, they have the proper setup that that they that they deserve, and you're and, you're, uh, you're 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 talking to talk Baden here, man. You're in trouble because yeah. you're, we're going to replay this. We're going to replay this, and Esbitt's going to be like, "Did you hear that pause? That pause? <laughs> there's a fourth. There's a fourth. Uh, there's a fifth. There's an album. There's a box set. He's going to read in there. He's going to be like, I, I I called all the printers in California, and I checked their stock against the catalog that they ordered, and I can tell you that someone's someone's printing vinyl. So you know, you're gonna you're gonna get found out. Um, man, that's so cool. So you mentioned you're in your studio there now, or that you've yeah. been pretty comfortable in your studio. Uh, you kind of yeah. hinted at it last time that you guys were doing a bit, setting up, getting ready to do some recording. Um, a good experience. You got a comfortable place. What's going on? Yeah, it's super awesome. We have a couple warehouses here and, um, kind of like in an industrial area, but, um, we set up shop here and we've invested a lot in here over the years and we have 
uh, a couple studios here, recording studios where we do everything. We have a lot of clients that come in and we have some pretty bitchin' rehearsal rooms and uh, I've got an office here. And then we just got a general hangout. We got like kind of a little movie theater and we just watch shit and, you know, there you go. Watch, uh, you know, uh, Rock and Rio or in vivo, you know, on the, the, the movie theater projector on those. We have this big wall up here. So uh, it's cool. It's oh, cool. It's a, it's a good life. It's a good life. But that's that's after living in the car for years, that's what's got to happen. Right. So you got to give yourself that sometimes. So this is the perfect time for that for us. And we're just recharging the batteries. And like, it's weird. 2020 kind of just it's a lost year. And a lot of this stuff is just being rescheduled for the following year. So it's a weird thing. I don't know if Maiden's going to do. I don't I, I think you guys talked about it last week, but I I, you know, I think they should just kind of bury it like the tour's done, unless they're trying to film it or something, yeah. and they haven't done it yet. Well, that's that the thing. could if be something to do with that. They've actually rescheduled for June and July of 2021. The yeah, but that's so. a whole nother year. And, like, I'll tell you right now, it's like, okay, I manage a couple bands that the guys are in their 60s. They're, like, legendary metal bands. And in 2022, one of them's having a 50th anniversary. And this band, Sirith Ungle, they just put out a new record, first album in 29 years. They debuted at number 11 on the German charts, right? So, like, it's, like, a big deal over there. And so I'm already talking to festival promoters, like, hey, look, if you want these guys on Bakken and stuff, like, now is the time. Like, you have to book them now because, you know, they're getting up there. They're pushing 66 years old. You know, they want to play at a high level, right? And I just it's kind of the same with Maiden. It's like, how much longer are you going to wait to put out if they do that next summer, that means that a new record is not going to come out until 2022. Fall, at least fall of 2021. And then a tour for that. Yeah. A tour for that, you know. And the Legacy of the Beast tour is done. I mean, I'm, I, I'm done with it. You know, coming out of this, you don't want to be taking a break and then coming back and hitting, a, uh, you know, a third leg. I mean, I, I don't get the point of it. I think it's time to move on, put something new out. Yeah, but... I mentioned before, like, that's easy for us to say. We've seen Legacy of the Beast five times. If you bought these tickets, like Jarvis said, 10 months in advance, and then you're looking forward every day for this concert to come up, and you're watching YouTube clips, and you're super pumped for it, and then they cancel it, I mean, those people aren't over it. You know what I mean? Like, it's, I don't know. It's easy for us to say when you've already seen it. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I, I know I know Metallica did this, and, and so... Maiden, I guess, doesn't need to, but, like, I always thought, like, a by-request tour would be awesome because, like, every city would be a different set list, and, man, it would be amazing. Even if they planned it ahead of time and they scaled the production down to just a minimal thing and it's smaller places, I think that would be awesome. But it becomes, with a band that big, it becomes the same set list for, like, three years or something like yeah, this. Yeah. And and it's all just it's all just catalog stuff it's not new it's not any there's not any new stuff brewing but see that's the thing with us putting out singles or what we've done so far it's i would have no problem if maiden put out just a song with a b-side cover that would be awesome just put all the focus and attention into one great song and that has a theme that's a classic like write another wicker man and just have it be that and that's it 12-inch picture disc. It could be seven minutes long. You could repeat the chorus 20 times. That's cool, you know? But, like, and then, you know, then put your Jethro Toll cover on the B-side and or or whatever, and then that's it. That's, oh, that'll, keep, 
that'll keep me going for like 14 months in Maiden World. Well, you know? it's funny because uh, Kevin Shirley's tour diary, he mentioned that they recorded a cover of the Thin Lizzy's Angel of Death, and it's never seen the light of day. No way. So there's a Maiden cover of that somewhere. That's yeah. on the Renegade album. That's, That's one of my favorite song. uh, Thin Lizzy songs, yeah. So, I mean, that oh, you know, there's a great. B-side for you. And if they just released a new track from the potential new album, with that as a B-side, that would hold me over for a year. <laughs> Man, totally. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, if they if they did that though, I think that's the end of the Legacy of the Beast tour when they start. They start as soon as you do that, then everybody's going to expect the new tour. And you were saying there, Nesbitt, that there are places that had tickets that wanted to see it that didn't have an opportunity yet. I know the guys out in but Australia, like, there's some great out, stuff. Check this out. Yeah. Check this out. Here, this is what you do. You do one new song with yep. a kill, killer concept and killer artwork. And you just add it to the set, Legacy of the Beast set. It's just a whole new set for that. There, or yeah. It's just a backdrop. I mean, it could totally... They're set up now where the whole thing is like a musical where they just really change worlds every few songs. I think they could totally pull it off and it would kind of keep things... Well, I think that's possible. I mean, they've done that before. Uh, Gimme Ed Till I'm Dead tour in 2003. Really? Yeah. Yeah, they... Uh premiered Wildest Dreams as a new song and dropped it into that set list. That was, you know, that tour was done before Dance to Death came out. And they did it also with uh, El Dorado. I mean, they premiered that live before the Final Frontier album came out. So it's not, you know, it's not a stretch to say that they might drop a new song from a new album into, you know, a hits tour before the album comes out. I mean, it's happened before. Like they toured, they toured on an album and then added a song that was going to be on the following album? Yeah, like Wildest Dreams and El Dorado were both on the set list before the album came out. Really? Why do yeah. you always end up making everybody else look like such less of a fan? <laughs> look, like, <laughs> you know, like, hey, look, Jarvis, I learned, I learned episode two. Here's what you do. Like, I'm you drink hard. beer and you look pretty. That's your goal. <laughs> That's your goal. Just sit here and just enjoy it. I mean, who knows? There, with, with the contracts that Maiden has, I don't know if you guys have ever seen the documentary Behind the Beast. Yeah, it's on their YouTube channel. It's yeah. great. It's the it's like ninety minute documentary about like the logistical side of Maiden, then mm. setting up the plane and all this stuff, right? It's just uh, so who knows? For all we know, they have to do this legacy thing because they've already got local governments involved. They've contracted you know twenty five local companies in those in those countries and like. They've got. They've already paid for visas and local crew. I mean, there's the whole economy is revolving around the coolest band in the world. That's awesome. Yeah, I suppose when you're that big of a of a machine as Iron Maiden is, it's not that easy to <laughs> put the brakes on. Yeah. <laughs> well, you said something earlier, which uh, I kind of something I never really thought about as far as like them not being able to cancel this next leg of the tour, and we played a clip from Steve Harris in an interview where he mentioned about bringing like recording some of these shows for some kind of live video release. That's what I'm thinking. Like they didn't, they didn't get the footage that they wanted, you know, like, or they definitely had, or maybe they, so maybe that's it. Maybe they're like, we have this DVD planned. It's in the works. We need, we need to get these shows. Yeah. Right. But you know, they have to record. Right. They have to record. Well, they haven't recorded yet. And I haven't really studied the countries that they're going to, but who knows? Maybe it's like <clears throat> you want to. Are they going back to South America? The next leg is just it's like Poland, Eastern Germany, Europe. Czechoslovakia, Eastern Europe, and then like Sweden, Holland, France. 
Okay. Germany. Well, I mean, yeah. they'll have some wild fans there, you know? Yeah. But, it's like, you definitely want to go to the Latin countries if you want the real wild fans, right? So they yeah. know that. So, but that's what I'm thinking. I mean, that's what I would do with this. I would do another, another like, uh, Flight 666 where it's, like, a full concert movie documenting the tour of the band, like, behind the scenes, everything. Because it's a really impressive show. It's the biggest thing they've ever done. Yeah, it would be a shame if they don't document it somehow, like at the very least a live album and a cool vinyl package i would love a concert video a blu-ray like a physical product but uh, in the meantime we have uh night demon dropping new uh tracks to listen to so uh yeah so our listeners go to nightdemon.net they're looking for the are you out there signal what are they what are they looking for yeah uh they'll just connect to our merch store there and there's uh couple different vinyl variations that we have, a couple different vinyl colors, and the shirt, too. New shirt that goes with the cover art. Cover art's really cool. Yeah, awesome. And uh, if it sells at any any uh, rate like the last ones, I hope our listeners get there. We better not play this one two weeks late, Nesbitt. But nightdemon.net, go there, get the, get the vinyl, keep track of what they're doing. Jarvis, always a pleasure. Thanks so much right. for having me on. Thanks for giving us the legal rights to play your single here today. Welcome. What are they going to do? Yeah, Jarvis always brings the heat. Yeah, yeah, he's always a good laugh to talk yeah. to. Uh, yeah, that new track is awesome. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I was kind of left hanging. You had sent me the track in advance just before, so I just got a couple of listens. Yeah. But uh, I've had a few going over since. It's really solid. Man, what they're doing is really cool. Yeah, it's cool. A lot yeah. of thin Lizzie talk there at the beginning, which was cool. I actually was uh, emailing back and forth this week with a listener about Thin Lizzy, had a Thin Lizzy playlist on Spotify. Yeah. You can uh, actually, if you search for Nesbit on Spotify, you should be able to find it. Anyway. Yeah. They're kind of, uh, they've kind of got a model for all up and coming, at least metal bands, but I would say almost any band could follow the kind of model of just really building an organic, um, you know, kind of fan base, but providing them with the opportunity to buy really high quality, achievable merch and albums. Yeah. Like nothing, you can go on to uh, Night Demon's uh, site, nightdemon.net. I think we plugged it in the in the interview. But if you go onto their site, there's all kinds of great gear. And you know, I'll be honest, I got a load of Night Demon, Night Demon gear. I bought all the stuff on the shows here, and I got. But before that, I got my uh, Ringer tees online. And remember, I think it was last week we were talking about the the like the Ringer T-shirts, those those like eighty dollar maiden ones. Yeah. Well, I got Night Demon ones for half that, and I find the Night Demon shirts, man, are as good quality as Maiden. And to be honest, some of some of their shirts are better quality than some of my Maiden shirts. So, yeah, a lot of the Maiden um, stuffs overpriced. So a lot of it is overpriced, but uh, you know the football stuff we talked about—that stuff's amazing. But you know they're following a model that a lot of bands are starting to see are following now, where they make their uh, the merchandise, the music attainable for people. Uh, you know, like people want to have, you know, as much as. You, you do want little things you can buy. You want thing, thing, things you can... I mean, I, I don't need to explain this to yeah, you. Yeah, there is something You're, about that. It is easier. It's I don't know if it's easier, but it's it's more fun to get into a band when there's, like, shirts and CDs and albums and vinyls and stuff you can collect. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's absolutely. just me. The collecting part of it, the physical product, is, like, it adds to the fun of a band. You could have two bands that you like equally well, but one of them, if you can have, like a cool shirt and a cool vinyl package or in Maiden's case, like a, a, a little Eddie figurine, you know what I mean? It's just, it's more fun. It's something, yeah, that's missing in a lot of modern bands, I think. 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And I'm, I'm, I'm back on it with books now. I tried to go digital. I'm buying books. I buy albums, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, man, I could never read a book on, like, a tablet or a Kindle or something. That's horrible. Yeah. There's something about physical products. And maybe it's just our generation, but I don't know. I hope it doesn't die mm. out with the next generation. No, yeah, everything will be virtual. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been getting tons of uh, feedback from our last yep. episode. I uh, got some really yeah. cool music sent to me. One of our listeners, Chris, sent me uh, some songs from his old band, and they're pretty awesome. We got some links to some classic Maiden YouTube concerts from a listener named Mick. We got lots of band recommendations, but we got a lot of emails from people, and I got some messages on Twitter too, talking about accident of birth and why don't we like it more mm. and why we should listen to it more. Um, so this past week, I have probably listened to Accident of Birth. I don't know how many times I've been listening to it all week. I still, like, I'm very, Uh-oh. very familiar with this now. Uh-oh. I do not think this is as good as Tyranny of Souls or Chemical Wedding. And before, I thought it was just because I didn't really know it. But now that I've listened to it a lot, there's something about it that doesn't draw me in. Like, I don't, I'm listening to it a lot, but it doesn't hook me the way those other two albums did. You know what I mean? I think a lot of it, I would love to know when people who like that album best out of the Bruce albums, I'd love to know how and when they got into it. Because I'm thinking a lot of it is when they heard about the Adrian and Bruce reunion. You know what I mean? And they heard about Bruce getting back into like a metal sound. You know what I mean? He did Tattooed Millionaires, Balda Picasso, Skunk Works, which were kind of hard rock and alternative albums. And then I think they kind of heard, oh, look, Adrian's back. He's returning the middle with Adrian. Derek Riggs is doing the album cover. Um, it's almost, you know, it came out in 97. So it came out between X Factor and Virtual 11. This is almost more maideny than what was going on with Maiden at the time. And I'm wondering if that's a lot of why people were so like drawn to this album. Hmm. Because me, I kind of got into a lot of these Bruce albums later. You know, what I mean? you know what I mean? Yeah, oh yeah. When you got your, your big turning point was when you, well... You've been you've been a fan of him for his solo stuff for the last ten years, but I mean, I remember when you got the vinyl, all the vinyl pack. Oh yeah, that and then, re-energized that really me into re-energized the... you. Yeah. yeah, but I think that where it's a bit more maideny sounding this album, hmm. and I think a lot of like the Adrian, the Derek Riggs, the Return to Metal, I think that is kind of like the hype kind of pulls people into the album. Whereas yep. to me, I didn't get that because this album was long out. That this and Chemical Wedding were both out. And I both got into them at the same time. where mm. And that one pulled me in, and this one never really did. So I've listened to it a lot. Mm. I probably listened to it 20 times this week. And that's not including how much I've listened to it on CD and vinyl over mm. the years. It's a great album, but it doesn't touch Tyranny of Souls or Chemical Wedding. It's uh, It's got a bit of filler on there, you know what I mean? Like Star Children, I think, is kind of fillery. Mm. Magician is good, but it's kind of not really anything special. It's got some classics, Taking the Queen, Dark Side of Aquarius, Road to Hell, the title track. Omega is like a really great. I love the riff in Omega. Super cool riff. One of the coolest Bruce solo riffs. 
that's a really great song. Arc of Space is a great closer, but I don't think as good as the song Tyranny of Souls. I think it's maybe an eight, eight and a half, where like Tyranny of Souls and Chemical Wedding yeah. are up in the like the nine, ten ranges. So I don't dislike it at all. I love all these albums, but it's a yeah. firmly in third. I, mean, I haven't given enough time to really give it a, a full yeah. take like that, but I'm I'm kind of, you know, it doesn't excite me. <laughs> I'll just I'll just say that. But I mean, if we're gonna if we're gonna break it down, I'd, I'd put a lot more energy into it. But I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lump it in. I'm gonna put it a step above Skunkworks. <laughs> it's funny. But look, Skunkworks was my Waterloo. This is your Waterloo, Nesbitt. <laughs> no, I do. But the difference is, I love this album. I just uh, don't love it as much yeah. as the other ones. It's funny you mentioned yeah. Skunkworks because I came across this interview. Um, I have a bunch of clips made for like all these solo albums stuff that I made over the years. Anytime yeah. I stumbled across like a interesting interview, I'd make a clip. And it's Bruce and Adrian in an interview, but Bruce is talking about Skunkworks. No, Skunkworks is no more. Oh, um, would we just um, we got so far apart on what kind of music we all wanted to make? I mean, I wanted to make a, a at least a rock album, you know. Um, and the other guys in the band were, you know, at least Al, the you know the guitarist, was like he wanted to make a very alternative type of thing. And I was like, look, you know, this is not going to work. You know, you should you should go and do your thing and. and Form your own band and, and do that, you know, which he's done, which is great. Uh, and then, as, and then I um, phoned up Roy Z, who did the Boston Castle record with me, and I said, "How do you feel about writing a real balls-out metal record?" So in that interview, it makes it sound wow. like the other guys in Skunkworks were kind of pulling him in that direction, where he wanted to do a more metal rock album, which is a take yeah. that I don't think. You always think like. Bruce Dickinson kind of came up with this. Yeah, but that, that runs contrary to his quote at the time when Smallwood was Adam, that senior metal singer. He said, "No, I could be a grunge singer. I should have went on and done grunge," yeah. which is probably just him reacting to Rob. But now this quote, this interview is from after Skunk Works and before Accident of Birth came out. So, yeah. and you know yeah. what? You think about how many times your perspectives on things change. Yeah, that's true. One thing about Accident of Birth, Adrian solos kick ass on it. Um, Another thing I always wondered is who plays what on that album with Roy Z and Adrian. I found mm. uh, there used to be this newsletter called Strange Death, the Bruce Dickinson newsletter. And issue number four from March 28th, 1997, there's an interview. There's someone on there on this uh, newsletter interviewed Adrian and Bruce. And they said that Adrian plays all the solos on that album. So I'm going by this interview. Um, nice. But uh, here's a solo, two solos just to show you how awesome Adrian's guitar playing is on Accident of Birth. This is from Man of Sorrows. So that's kind of a cool, uh, very emotional solo. As far as like a balls out rocking solo, this is from The Magician. Yeah. 
Accident of Birth, not as good as the other two albums that I mentioned, but almost as good, slightly below. Adrian's playing on, it's awesome. Of course, this is just my opinion. Yeah. That's about as much as we're going to talk about that now. This, this is like, yeah, this this is, you know, I mean, and people will come away. that That's a problem with ranking, right? Yeah. People will come away. This is like saying, you know, Scottie Pippen's not as good as Michael Jordan. You know, it's like, so he's Scottie Pippen, man. It's like, yeah. that's an excellent album, you know, like you're comparing it relatively, you know. Yeah. And it's, it's all like, I realize too, when we're, I'm saying, I'm saying this album's in third place. This is first to second. It's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, this, I'm sure there's people you could play these albums to and they'd be like, that's noise, they suck. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and they're not wrong. It's all taste, so it's subjective. Well, that's it, right? I'm talking about my opinion. Yeah. But I wanted to just say that because I got so many emails from people saying, listen to Accident of Birth more. Yeah. I find I find the ranking thing so hard. And I, I you know how much it annoys me. I feel like sometimes we're at a beauty competition and people <laughs> are like, what's the ugliest person there? And I'm like... They're all beautiful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like these are all beautiful people on stage. Yeah, you know. But the ranking the that, albums, it just yeah. it's, I don't know. I find it really fun because it's so diff- difficult. You're forced to compare like openers to openers. What's the best song? What's the epic? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. To me, it's really really fun. Yeah. Now, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. We got some uh, a lot of uh, good feedback on Facebook as well. Okay. And, um, you know, a lot of people, too. I put up a little video talking about um, our kind of wrapping up the podcast as it is now and uh, got some great feedback from that. Um, someone I wanted to throw it. We've mentioned her on the podcast before, Melissa Nee. Oh, yeah. yeah She's I been listening that. to us and emailing us since, like, the very early days of the podcast. Forever, yeah. Big Bruins fan. Yeah, she's Melissa, from Boston, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 She's, the, she's the only Bruins fan I can tolerate, and that includes you. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember, it must have been a year or so ago, um, at least, when we were talking about that, uh, God, what's the name of that pub? It's, okay. it's, you know, a pub in Boston I've been to. You know, I've been to Boston about four times. I used okay. to go there for work, and I went there with my buddy. And, and uh, this place, you, anyway, she was saying, next time you come, we'll go down there. But uh, she's, uh, she's, she just basically said she was, you know, sad about the thing wrapping up but respects everything. But she was saying she'd put in a voicemail at some stage, but she never got around to it. So, uh, But hopefully she can squeak something in before she uh, before we bite the dust. Yeah, I hope she leaves us a message because she was on, she was a guest on Uncle Steve's Iron Maiden Zone talking about her like yeah. experiences as an Iron Maiden fan. And she was really great. Talkingmaiden.com yeah. slash talk. Talk slash talk. Anyway, she's been around forever and I thought, yeah. you know, it'd be good to bring her up again. Uh, I got a little message here from uh, Philip Trummer. And this was like uh, a, a kind of a message. Actually, I got it about a month ago or more. Uh, and I just thought I'd, I'd have a little a little read of this one, Nesbitt. See, the whole dynamic changes when I get to pick a few, <laughs> right? It's not old Nesbitt blowing smoke up his own ass. He this did some prep this week. <laughs> he says, so I went uh, on my trail run yesterday and listened to the second Dance of Death episode. It was interesting. I knew you were going to shit on the title track because I've heard many episodes after. So he's doing a little bit of a back catalog. Uh, I love that uh, that song, and the dancing and prancing doesn't bother me a bit. Okay, fair enough. I never worried about the Irish jig shit. I love this. <laughs> and he said, because it never, it never popped out to me as such. It's Maiden, and the guitarists just keep going. However, when you guys went off on the rails on the Irish music bit, that was my favorite off-topic topic, rabbit trail tangent ever. Josh, you held your ground, and you ruled on that one. 
insert insert victory song now i like hearing that because sometimes i feel like we go off too far on tangents so when i hear people like them that's great yeah he continues and he says i honestly (laughs) wanted you all to keep on bickering and not go back to the album good job perhaps worthy to revisit uh, dance of death because you gave it only two episodes fair enough we get that all the time now the seesaw of wisdom or whatever it was absolutely brilliant josh the philosopher so there you go nesbitt (laughs) <laughs> that I had I had to weed that one out of fifty uh Josh is an idiot skunk work comments, but uh but anyway we dug it up. Um yeah, another common theme that came through in all of it is people love the rants and tangents. Like and and okay. you know, we, we often get detailed on the questions and as was always I uh, you know, I if I had my time back, I'd be a little more ranty and more tangenty. Yeah, there's always been a thing on this podcast where like uh. I always want to kind of steer everything back towards Maiden because sometimes I feel like we get too far off on Maiden. Even when we get talking about beer, I was kind of like, okay, let's get get to the Maiden. Where you kind of want to go off on these tangents and uh, whatever. But that's part of the fun of it, I guess. Absolutely. I got another one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thor Evanson. He said, I'm kind of surprised on Nesbitt's take on accident of birth. Okay. Teed this one up. Stabs it in the back here. Take this, Nisbet. Uh, I'm one it. of those weirdos who lists that as my favorite Bruce album. It's a okay. total uh, combo of what was to come on Chemical Wedding of Tyranny of Souls. He keeps going on and argues that's fantastic. Uh, David McDermott chimes in. Oh, Kevin Curley chimes in. This exclamation point with two beers. So he's, he totally thinks you're an idiot. Uh, <laughs> David McDermott comes in and said, I would also say Accident Under Birth is the best solo album. Not as heavy as the latter two. It just shows off just how talented the musicians are. And Bruce's voice is sensational. But then, remember my comment above on, on, on Dance of Death, Philip Trummer? Double double mention for Philip Tay. He chimes in. Chimes in. I figure he's going to twist the knife on old Nesbitt because he's in the JT fan club. But he says, I like Nesbitt on this one. Killed me. Broke my heart, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow it just slips through the cracks for me, and I remember it faintly from time to time. I dig it out and spend some time with it, but yeah, you know, they should get it to it on the podcast, but it's not a fan. Not a fan. Anyway. And I got one last message, and this one came through um, from our buddy Dave Shuttleworth, right? So he sent me a message and said, you know, thanks for the shit out last time. Dave was, we mentioned him last time we were drinking with him in Toronto. Came out to one of the shows. He's been a listener for a long time now. He said, but he sent me this message because he he, he follows me on Instagram. And uh, I was on there and, and I was doing, you know, he was making fun of the, the locks and the beard. And he sent through, <laughs> FYI, just an FYI, Josh is starting to look like Bill Ward circa 1980. Not sure if it's intentional, but it's hilarious. Now, he's from Sabbath, right? He's yeah. a drummer from Black yeah. Sabbath, yeah. Um, there, is a, there is a bit of a quinky... You know, a little bit of a resemblance there, isn't it? There is a bit, yeah. yeah. You are. St- we're all starting to look a little scruffy in these pandemic yeah. times. <laughs> anyway, shout out to Dave. Funny, Dave uh, Shuttleworth. Uh, I've been talking to him, uh, emailing him, because I just bought a bass and a bass amp. Really? Yeah, I was like, I'm going to start trying to play bass, I guess, for something to do. Wow. Past the time. Yeah. So I've uh, only had it, had the bass for two days now. But uh, it's a lot of fun. Or if anyone has any uh, advice for like songs for beginners at bass to play that are like metal or hard rock, send them over. Nice. I've been playing the same three Jane's Addiction songs over and over again. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. And lots of other comments um, on the uh, on Facebook. You know, real positive stuff about the podcast. Um, great feedback and just uh, 
all around good vibes. Yeah. yeah. I gotta say. So I've got some stuff here to get into too. Mm. Maybe we'll get into it another time. I got some stuff on uh, Dave and Adrian's playing on the Hearing Aid charity compilation, but we'll get into that another time. <laughs> yeah. Dig it. I got a whole bunch of bands here still that people recommended. I've got uh, some Air Force and Doug Sampson stuff. I got some. I got a really good email uh, from Paul on Blaze and Wolfsbane, but uh, again, we never seem to have enough time to get through everything. <laughs> But yeah, anyway, I guess, uh, what are we doing next week? What are we getting into? We're going to start doing, we're going to kind of do a, a high level review of the Maiden discography, where we're going to go through them starting at the beginning and kind of talk, not so much about the albums, but uh, talk about how our takes on the albums changed and more reviewing how we reviewed the albums. And if there's anything that changed with us since or anything like while we were reviewing the album that kind of changed, you know, what yeah. I, mean? I think it'll be fun play a few clips yeah and then that's going to lead up to the album ranking episode which i still haven't got figured out yet i tried mine i think i'm gonna have a four-way tie at number one oh god i'm doing this gosh i always won't play by the i'm doing this high medium (laughs) i never will i I, is this like when we did our underrated tracks and you're like my number one underrated track is flight of icarus and i was like it's not really underrated. it's underrated to me (laughs) okay you know it's underrated to me Josh always finds some loopholes. I always find loopholes. (laughs) But that should make for an interesting conversation, us trying to uh, rank the I definitely put Montesegur in there as one of the underrated ones, didn't I? Oh, 100%. I did, of course. I still find Icarus, at least in the modern era. Now, definitely the Taurus brought it back. But it's just just pure Maiden. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a Maiden theme song. I love it. Um, So I guess we'll wrap it up there. We're going to get into it all next week. Um, yeah, that was fantastic that, that Jarvis came on and, uh, and did that with us. And, uh, what do you make on this beer circling back on it? Uh, I love La Fin du Monde. Mm. This is, uh, this is one of my favorite beers of this style. It's great. Yeah. I find it a bit sweet yeah. and a little too boozy. Yeah, but I find the booziness bounces out the sweet. Yeah, that's true too. <laughs> you wouldn't want to like drink a lot of these, but like a pint of these is so delicious. 9% though. That's the problem. Is it? <laughs> Yeah. Right on. So anyone has any uh, feedback, input, whatever, uh, TalkingMaiden.com, you can email us from there, or you can email us directly at uh, TalkingMaiden at gmail.com. You can get us on Twitter, TalkingMaiden, and we're TalkingMaiden on Facebook. And you can post yep. on our uh, on anything there or send us a message, and uh, we'll definitely and get back talkingmaiden. to you. TalkingMaiden.com slash talk if you want to leave an audio message for us. Uh, get your audio message in now. Yeah, get them in fast because <laughs> we already got a queue and we're going to get there. We'll get there. All right, perfect. Until next time, up the irons and the hops. Mm-hmm.